0: Yeah, hey all, welcome to the Common Good Podcast. Welcome all. Tuesday, January 10th. Boy, what a what a week in politics uh, last week. Uh, Doug Padgett from Minneapolis. Dan Dietrich, Michigan. Rob snuck away somewhere outside of Fayetteville. Well, the weather Listen, outside we, um, is gloomy, but uh, the Republicans are ridiculous. Ridiculous.
1: Last week, last week, we... Uh, we did 22 crazy political stories from the year
2: 2022,
1: <laughs> and point. little did we know that uh, number point. one of 2023, uh, maybe number one, number two, number three, several of the uh, things that could make oh. the list for crazy political stories of 2023 was just around the corner. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I you think...
1: Stay, I mean, we could talk about the weather, but why even bother? I could not tear I have no idea what the weather is because I could not tear my eyes <laughs> mm-hmm. away from this. I watched hours and hours of C-span coverage of a woman reading people's names.
0: <laughs> Rob, I was trying to do the math and I thought, okay, there's 435 members. She says a name, they say a name. That's eight hundred and seventy names read each time they do one of those things, and they <laughs> did fifteen. Fif- fifteen of them. Oh yeah. gosh! I, it is. I think it was twenty-six hours or something of in session, just jibble jabber and nonsense. Yeah, and so, I watched so, it so many all. things. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. Now no,
1: listen, I, I mean, I don't I think so they're making a miniseries series out of it. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, who knew that the spinoff from the January 6th commission would be <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was in my car with YouTube open on my phone
0: because <laughs> I couldn't turn it off. This guys- all might
2: say more about you than the excitement of the program. But- <laughs> Did you guys hear this, the C-SPAN when neither party is in control of the house they have free reign to do whatever they want with their video cameras yeah and so we were seeing things that normally we don't get to see right
1: yes i actually was watching on c-span's youtube channel um i didn't i was i don't i don't typically watch news i don't watch a lot of cnbc or or cnbc or cnn or msnbc or fox I, i just i just don't watch. Much of that stuff at all, so I was, was watching. A lot going on?
0: You should keep up.
1: Yeah, well, I do keep up. <laughs> um, so I like I wasn't getting, you know, I so I was watching the C-SPAN coverage, and every once in a while they would break in and they would say a couple of things. They would always say, um, "This, you know, this is where we're at. This we're on this vote." You know, McCarthy. You know, very boringly, they would cut in and say something. Yeah. Um, and then they would say, um, they would typically read a couple of tweets from actual reporters. Uh, and then they would say, if you're enjoying the C-SPAN coverage, uh, just know that we have control of the cameras, which is why you're getting to see stuff that you don't normally get to see. But as soon as the speaker is elected, we'll no longer have control of the cameras. And all of the networks are using our feed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, You're they welcome, were, America. Yes.
1: I mean, Bragging it, it was it. fantastic.
0: Well, um, among the the things that, that, that sunk my heart was that two years ago to the day, at one point on Friday, Yeah. the very people who had instigated the election result denying from 2020 fueled their own supporters to rally against the government's certification of a national presidential election, those same people, including McCarthy. And of course, the gaggle of Green and Boebert and Gates and, and the others were the people who not only were in control, but the people who were negotiating more control that rather than our country coming to its solemn moment in recognition, two years later, after all the revelations I'm of the I'm January. Sorry, Doug, meeting. I have
1: breaking news. I, I hate to interrupt you. I have b- literally have breaking news. Please. Katie Porter just announced that she's running
0: for the United States Senate in California. Nice. Katie Porter's running for Senate. Hot diggity Woo-hoo! dog. Well, that's great. See, now in our world, you cheer that on. Over in the Republican side, you know what they cheer on? Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and Gomer getting more control, being in charge of more things, and as Matt Gates put it, after he negotiated, you know Kevin McCarthy down to a, a, a nub of a speaker, said, "Well, I finally voted present because, quote, I had nothing else to ask for." I couldn't think <laughs> of anything
2: else I wanted. Literally got, he's like, I, yeah, gave me... Got it all. Everything. Got everything
0: I wanted. And this is what's <laughs> truly heartbreaking, like not just like on a typical that Republicans have not learned a lesson, Republicans have double down on all the all the bad instincts. The split screen of January 6th recognition two years later and those people, including... McCarthy, who just under two years ago stood on the floor of the Congress and said that Donald Trump bears responsibility for what happened, then stood on Saturday night and thanked Donald Trump for making him speaker. That this party has completely left behind the insurrection activities of January 6th, 2021. It, it is truly stunning. I didn't think a party could pivot away from it in a decade. I thought for sure a decade from now, people aren't going to remember this. No one's going to hold it against them. Maybe even in 2024. But I really didn't think that while the report from the january 6th committee was still sitting unread on many of their desks they would have had the ability to turn away from it and just reward the very people who champion it yeah who call those very insurrectionists freedom fighters the upside is the charade is over marjorie taylor green matt gates lauren Boebert, gomer and the rest They are the face, the power broker face. They're the most famous Republicans to anybody who watches C-SPAN on their YouTube channel while driving in their car. These people are the face of the Republican party, their brand name. And at least now we know, it's not the 200 other representatives in the House of Representatives, the brand name. Nope, it's these cats. They're the brand name representation of the Republican party. And the Republican party doesn't care they don't care. What they could have done, Rob, Dan, what I thought they might even do was say, rather than negotiating with you, 20, we're just going to go get 20 people from the Democratic Party and let those people have a more prominent role on some, like give them the same thing that we're giving to you, but not give you power. But rather, McCarthy says, well, at least we got that worked out. At least we're ready to go now. <laughs> you know, we got that out of our system. Yeah. I'm. Just, yeah, it is there was, so you know, outrageous. outrageous.
1: There was a lot of kind of, you know, machinations and uh, dreaming of a West Wing style, like, yeah. you know, um, you know, political compromise or some mm-hmm. backroom deal being done between the Republicans and Democrats. It's never going to happen. No, apparently because, not. Because, yeah, I mean, how does, if you do that, it, I mean, it would absolutely be good for America. But if you do that, <laughs> how do you fundraise? You know, like, how do you go to Rep- the type of people who donate to Republicans? Mm-hmm. They, nah, we cut a deal with the Democrats. You know, like, it's yeah, just, you. just you know, it's yeah, just yep. as fun as it would have been, and as amazing as it would have been, um, it just is not realistic. I, You know, the... The well, and that's the thing about are. the
0: Republican voters is that they would rather fund people who make deals with the mm-hmm. Gateses, even even the moderates. All my moderate friends, really good friends, me like I don't even follow all this stuff. Who's Lauren Boebert? I you know I don't even know who these people are. Mm-hmm. That apparently those folks are not interested in donations. They're not interested in this. Caveat again. This is why small donations and the move to small donations is ruined American politics. It has just made it crazy that you have to go out and find half a million people who think crazy thoughts to (laughs) fund you. It is. I mean, we've got to find another solution. I'm not saying big money should be it, but this, like, go out and send you know chip in five dollar emails is is the way. That's the only way you're going to fundraise, and it all comes back to fundraising. I. If that's true, I'm not entirely sure that it is only about fundraising because I don't think a lot of those moderates are fundraising off of the nutter butters. I think it's well, I think it's something else. I don't know. I think it's just well, I, hardwired I, I, goofville.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, I want to make another point here. Is part of the problem that has happened in this place? There's been um, there's been a shift in the Overton window oh, in terms of defining, nice. you know conservative moderate and progressive I um, <laughs> yeah, think yeah. when we call these republicans moderates
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're doing a great disservice to actual moderates because what we have here is not like and it we need to we need to be precise with the language a language and not equivocate
0: mm-hmm.
1: um temperamental moderacy mm-hmm. with with policy or political Moderacy, oh, Moderacy that's a nice is that point. a word?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know what we have with Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and and this whole crew, Chip Roy, and all of these um these wackadoos that uh, that you know we saw is we saw a, a temperament that was extreme, a willingness to you know throw a fit if you don't get your way and mm-hmm. blow things up, and it, it's very. There's a juvenile, immature kind of approach to it. What we see on, you know, with the so-called moderates, the the McCarthy voters, was a very sensible, even keeled, you know, kind of approach. The desire to, you know, not make waves and keep the keep the rules a certain way and follow the rules, and we're not going to blow it all up what we don't have is any difference in terms of policy. Yeah. These right. fights were not about policy. No. Every nominating speech said the same thing about open borders and defunding the IRS and all of the like all of the ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Like there is no difference when it comes to policy. What we have is a difference in in temperament. And so I don't want to call these Republicans moderates because that does a real disservice. the moderates in the house are people like like Dean Phillips of Minnesota. like he's a moderate. yeah um, and 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 these these folks on the Republican side are not moderates and and i I think it actually really hurts it I, I think it hurts Democrats when. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only the Gates's and the Boberts and the Chip Roys are labeled extreme oh, I see what right
2: you're mm-hmm. Now I, what I were some that... of the things that uh, the holdouts gained as concessions? Yeah. I heard some things that on the surface yeah. sound fine like uh, we're gonna vote on you know term limits or we're gonna vote on balanced budget. On the surface, it's like, okay, those are republican-ish yep. things. But what were what were the deals that were made?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple things. One is, um, so f- through most of its history, the House of Representatives has had a rule that um, one member can um, basically ha- call for a vote of no confidence, you know, for lack of a better, there's other terminology they use, but can, can call for the Speaker to receive a vote of no confidence, the Speaker of the House. Um, a few years ago, I don't, I don't know when I got the impression that it maybe it was during one of Nancy Pelosi's terms that that got changed. Yeah, that you know, and and I think the num—I I don't know what the number is now. It might have to be a majority or something. Basically, it's kind of a Speaker Protection Act. Um, these House Republicans want it changed back to, you know, the. Any one member. Mm-hmm. Now, when people hear that, there's a couple of things that happen. One is they think, oh, my goodness, like we're going to have, you know, like we're going to have unending impeachments. We're going to have unending, you know, votes of no confidence on the Speaker mm-hmm. of the House. I don't know. It, the the rule has been this way for a long time. But I also feel like just because the rule has been some way for a long time doesn't mean, like, like there's not, like, I don't buy into the, like, the founders had it right from the beginning, and we have to go
0: back to all that. Yeah, and and it was right for, I mean, it was, as you say, that's how it was. And the reason Nancy Pelosi changed it just in the, you know, in 2018 was because that's what drove out Boehner. Boehner lost the speakership and negotiated to turn it over to Paul Ryan because of this. So it worked in previous times because yeah. there was not a large segment of Congress whose fundamental desire was to break Congress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And that's where these people are. This is similar to Trump. Like Trump wasn't saying, I'm going to bring a new approach. Trump said, because Bannon led him to this and Roger Stone yeah. and others, you need to demolish what exists. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. you have yeah, I'm going to blow un- it all up.
0: Blow it yeah. all up,
2: yeah. You know, and I you,
0: saw. So that's that's the difference, and that's yeah. why they moved it away, and that's why McCarthy mm-hmm. didn't want to give it back to them because mm-hmm. they everybody else would say like, look, we're not going to get into this, and we're not going to have votes on a rolling basis about our confidence in the speaker. We're going to have a speaker vote, and then that's it, right? And if yeah. something goes wrong or there's some investigation, okay, but we're not going to get into this. This crowd. Oh, they'll for totally sure get will. into this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they, so that's, want,
0: they wanted it for a reason. They' they look they're not the kind of people that are saying to themselves, oh hey, here's here's the thing. I'm just a real traditionalist when it comes to the rules of the house and I just I just really want to get back to the good old days in 2001 when we could call for a vote with one member. Let's just let's let's return to our roots. Why did they want to get back to one? So any one of them could send an email to their constituents and get their five dollar chip in and say, "I brought down the speaker. Yeah. That's yeah. why they, that, yeah. they." So there's a reason they were asking for it. It's, it's not. It's not like they they bought an old house and they thought, "Let's just." Um, Let's let's remodel this back to its vintage yeah, let's state. You know? it. Let's yeah. put the spindles in on the stairwell that have always been here because I just love the old House of Representatives. They want it for a reason because they're going to use it.
2: Yeah, and Lauren Boebert yeah. was on you know the the news talk shows bragging about how they had effectively shut down Congress, bragging that for every day Congress is in gridlock, Congress isn't spending the taxpayers money, money. Right. and the host had to be like, yeah. yeah, but all that money is already spent that Nancy <laughs> Pelosi passed through. Yes. Yeah. You're just yeah. holding up the stuff that you th- say you want to get done. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it doesn't. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So the, the one vote, um, one member calling for a, a no confidence vote on the speaker is one thing. Another thing is that the House Freedom Caucus, and if, if folks don't know, inside the, the House of Representatives, there are multiple, the dozens and dozens of caucuses. Um, and those caucuses are people who are aligned for some reason. Mm-hmm. Some of them are one issue caucuses where everybody who agrees on, you know, the need for solar panels, there's a solar panel caucus and a solar energy caucus and, and they get together and they talk about how do we, how do we advance this issue? You know, how do we work together to do that? There's caucuses for all sorts of Mm -hmm. reasons. There's, and there's bipartisan caucuses, like they're just all over the house. Like it's just, it's an operating part of, of what happens. They're totally unofficial. Um, though you know they'd have their own rules for who can be in and who can't be in. For instance, the Congressional Black Caucus um, has denied membership for Black Republican Congress people, um, which is you know kind of interesting. That you know shows. I, I'm it's just just a just a point. That's, a um, That's um, so the House Freedom Caucus is one of these groups. I don't know how many members it has, probably I would guess 30 or so. Mm -hmm. Not all of them participated in the, you know, in, you know, in in this, (laughs) in this second insurrection that we saw, uh, you know, play out over the weekend. Yeah. Um, So there are, there are House Freedom Caucus members who are more moderate in their temperament than uh, than some of these folks. So what was happening Marjorie Taylor Green, for instance is a is a freedom caucus member but she was voting for Kevin McCarthy. Um, so what the freedom caucus wanted is they wanted at least four of their members to be mm. on the House Rules Committee, um, committee that you know makes, referred to on in the you know in the talking head media as the powerful rules committee um you know because it it determines so much of what happens um you know in terms of protocol and and all of it and so they want four members um of four of their group on that on that committee and apparently kevin mccarthy has gone for that now ultimately uh, committee membership is voted on by the whole house in the same way that, um, speaker of the house is voted on by everybody. Uh, so committee assignments are voted on by the entire house. Um, and so whether McCarton, like McCarthy made this deal, whether he's able to keep his quote yeah. unquote moderate supporters, um, you know, or, you know, to, to go along with it, that remains to be seen. Uh, it may or may not come to pass. So that's another one. The big one, though, is related to the debt ceiling and raising the debt ceiling and this scare tactic that happens every, seems like every 18 months or so, um, where we've got to raise the debt ceiling and, you know, and we ought to have kaboob our uh, our our wonderful economics uh, wizard uh, explained this to us. Uh, it's, I, I'm sure this is not the way to talk about it, but it's like the credit limit on your credit card. Like if you exceed that, you know, you're going to be in trouble. You can't exceed that. And, and so there's this sense that if the if we hit the debt limit, we hit the debt ceiling, we'll default and and, you know, the world will end. And all yeah, put, of that put
0: at risk the credit rating of the United States of America, like happened in 2011 when these same people right. did the same thing. This time they yeah. built they want to built into the rules that they don't have to negotiate that you have to reduce spending if you're going to increase the debt ceiling. Yeah, which you're right. I mean, the debt there's a trigger that's similar to your credit card, but what's not the same as your credit card is. Th- when you talk about a federal budget, the debt is not money you owe. The mm. federal deficit is the difference between the amount of money the government has spent, put into the economy, and the amount of money the government has taken out of the economy. Not the amount of money the government owes. Yeah. This major difference sits at the written... We're going to have to talk about this for two doggone years, maybe for 20 years, because <laughs> the Republicans are going to keep saying giving the American taxpayers back their money. The federal government does not spend your tax dollars. The federal government spends the treasury's money. The state, the county, the city governments, they spend your tax dollars, not the federal government. Taxes at the federal level, remove it from the system. Spending puts it into the economy. That's all it does. They don't take it out and then hold it and then spend it later like mm-hmm. other you know, governments do, yes. so this is the thing they're going to keep bringing up: is that we have to keep our uh, budget balanced, and they're putting it into the rules, and that's a really dangerous thing that that could that could threaten the the, the well being of the of the federal government. And and the reason is because that's not how the federal government money works. <laughs> the, the, the the defaulting on the on the on our credit rating or the downgrading of our credit rating in the United States is not because someone thinks you're being fiscally irresponsible or responsible it's because that's how it works you know um and and this is this is the this, this is the big yeah. dilemma so in, in other words, the, the reason we sell bonds or have a credit or whatever is because the government would rather not take the money out of the economy. They'd rather find another way to lock it up. So that's why it's, it's done that way. That, that's why there's bonds and all the rest, because that can be a little bit confusing to people. But you know what the Republicans are not doing is explaining any of this to anybody. No, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need no, Rossboro out there with that whiteboard again or that, that big placard and explain to people how it works maybe maybe
2: senator maybe, katie porter katie porter yeah
0: apparently she's like you know i'm not going to spend my two years by the way rob announced this in the first part of the live stream before we went uh you know uh, before they tried to shut us down um for the republican <laughs> congress tried to shut down our live stream um, i think
2: a deal musk actually or
0: we just had a router problem <laughs> um, <laughs> um, katie porter who's a, a vote common good booster and um and fashion model for vote common good is also the congresswoman from California. One of the congresswomen from California. She's running for Senate. She just announced uh, in yeah. California. She's apparently decided she's not going to spend her two years in the minority party in yeah. in Congress doing nothing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and listen,
0: one of the she's not going to sit one, on a committee and just waste her time while Jim yeah. Jordan blabbers on like I was on a podcast.
1: Yeah, there were so many amazing moments um, throughout the course of of this, you know, everything that happened. And I mean, one of my absolute favorites was that that photo that came out of Katie Porter sitting um, in an orange outfit um, with a incredulous look on her face, reading the book, um, the subtle art of the subtle art of not giving an F.
0: And, uh, it just, just a right uh, right on the line of hilarious and all right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, it was just one of those moments of Katie Porter masked for masterfully, um, highlighting the ridiculousness of, uh, of what was happening on the other side of the aisle. And, uh, I, I shot her an email, um, you know, and commented to her about, uh, about this photo and uh having her back from her
0: oh, well she's running um, for Senate she, she had to go cold. Yeah.
1: apparently committee. but I mean now I know why she was you know busy making this it's decision to run <laughs> that's probably Senate. why she didn't so, email you back yeah yeah that's um, why
0: that's a, yeah I mean if you have a choice of stories Pick the better story. I'm you know, going with you, that. If you don't sure. know, just pick the better one. It just makes your day, just makes your day <laughs> so, much, so much yeah. more I mean,
1: did, uh, On the lighter side of things, did you have a what, Did you have a favorite moment from all of this?
0: I've got to say the bad lip reading Grab another congressman and pull him back so he didn't punch <laughs> Matt Gates in the face. That was that a was moment. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Mike Rogers, the uh, congressman from Alabama, with a really bad toupee, um, yeah.
0: and surprise
1: didn't come off because it's because of solid glue. Solid oh, it, glue. I mean, that would that have been something if he had had his toupee ripped off? <laughs> oh, would have been
0: amazing. Well,
2: what was yours, Dan? What was your moment? Oh, all the like bad lip reading videos that mm-hmm. came out from you know trying to guess what you know AOC is saying to. Matt Gates yep. or Paul Gossard or whatever, and <laughs> just the funniest it's what the internet was made for, you know totally yes
0: and I'll tell you that's Absolutely. the thing that this that the secret or that the uh, freed up c-span cams were able to do because the C-SPAN cameras were under the direction of c-span rather than the the house, which controls them once yep. there's once Congress is session that they were just roaming those things around and keeping them spotlighted on people watching how often. These Congress people who act like they have nothing to do with the other party and all yep. are sitting next to each other, are talking, are exchanging ideas, are interacting—like that stuff is going up within the party, but also between the parties. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I'll tell you, but the, the big psychological takeaway that I took from this, what one was, I, I was a little, um, I was a little bothered that a couple of the things that they that this the the hostage taking caucus wanted. I thought were pretty good ideas. It's like, okay, you know, that they, that they wanted to streamline things in the house, they want to take control away from the speaker, I think is good. I wish they'd gone after the Hassert rule, which is the basic agreement, that no that the party in charge will not bring any bill to the vote on the House floor, that their own caucus does not support with more than 50%. So in other words, you can't strike a coalition deal about something. if 40% yeah. of Republicans support something and 65% of Democrats by rules that they make for themselves, like the rules of the game. They can't bring that bill forward. This is why you never get bipartisan. That's less than hundred percent of the, of the, the caucus that's in charge. That's one of the rules could have changed that. But when they also said they wanted to decrease military spending, I was utterly shocked. (laughs) Like here's Freedom Caucus people, Republicans saying, let's spend, by rules, let's spend less money on the military. Incredible, an incredible shift. Now, I think we should spend more money on the State Department than we spend on the military. I think we should spend more money on peacekeeping actions. I'm not an isolationist at all. I'm a globalist but I don't think the military is the best place to spend all that money. There's other places for national connection. That was a little shocking to me. Well, you know, uh, thinking, well, hey, good good for them on that one, at least. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: I think that that is rooted in, it's not rooted in a desire to decrease military spending as much as it's rooted in a desire to um Decrease our support of Ukraine uh, in the in the war against mm. Russia. Uh, mm. Now, I mean, hearing Matt Gates give speeches, nominating speeches, um, you know, talking about special interest money and. And and lobbyists, and you know, I was like, "Dang, I'm like, I'm actually agreeing with Matt Gates on some stuff." And and the corrupting influence of those things—that was, you know, that was fantastic. I mean, there there's two things for me when I think about like the the absolute craziness of it. One was, you know, Donald Trump getting involved because I, I mean, we have speculated. There's been the there's been the the nightmare scenario of Donald Trump being elected Speaker. Matt Gates voted for him, which immediately triggered a text from me to you guys um, saying, "Whoo, that was whoo. It's like the uh, the borders are all uh, are all moving there." Um, so they, you uh, got put the logo put in, the
2: in front. You got to put the logo in front of the border.
1: Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, um so the Donald Trump getting that vote from from Matt Gates was uh, was hilarious and then uh, and then when Matt Gates nominated Donald Trump, which actually you know which was different from just voting for him, which put you know his name up on the up on the tote board that c-span had, for instance um, Donald Trump receiving a, a, a total of one vote, and then, as yeah. that was being announced, um, there was um, laughter in the uh, in the House of Representatives, which was which was really fantastic. So that was one thing. The other thing that was amazing to me was um, the evolution of George Sor- George Source, George Santos, <laughs> um, George Santos throughout this whole thing. So George Santos is the congressman from um, New York, uh, Long Island. And uh, he's the one that we have talked about over the last few podcasts about how he has fabricated his entire resume, his entire you know life story is all made up. And there was some question of whether or not he would be seated uh, in the House of Representatives. He you know he was because Kevin McCarthy needed his vote, and uh, and you know he's just the first two days George Santos was sitting all alone. And yeah. nobody would talk to him. There was even there was even stories about um, some congressman came up to him, said hello, found out who he what like found out his name, <laughs> and like ran the
0: other direction to get away. Apparently, um, that guy so, doesn't watch much uh, MSNBC either.
1: Yeah, seriously. After a couple of days, George Santos mm-hmm. started to cozy up to the extreme temperamental, Mm -hmm. the temperamentally extreme um, part of the Republican party. He's sitting over spending a lot of time with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm -hmm. The two of them laughing it up. Pictures of them just hamming
2: it up together. mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And and it ultimately got to the point where, I don't know if you've seen the picture of George Santos has his phone and is showing other Congress people the amazing meme that was making the rounds of the, uh, of the, of the you know I'm not a robot choose the speaker, and there's you know all the speakers and then a cover a yeah. couple of pictures that of Kevin McCarthy, movie. you know that meme that I texted you yeah um, George San- George, <laughs> George Santos is showing it on the floor of the house to other Congress people so um, like, and then you sense. know and ultimately it's the best news for George Santos is that. The Republicans have defunded the uh, the House Ethics Committee, Um, and so you know basically you can get away with anything now as a congressman, which uh, is good for George Santos. But but his evolution throughout the uh, those couple of days was really something
2: to watch. When did you see the image of him getting sworn in, where he's flashing the like white power? Sign yeah.
0: could that be true? Is that yes. not a photoshopped photo where his hand that down is, below has the, no, he looks like a like like an or multiple saint. angles?
1: Yeah. yeah, no, it's not a photoshopped photo. It, it, really? it happened, and I'm not sure it was when he was sworn in, I think it was when. I think it was before that. I think oh. it was during one of the votes.
2: Yeah, I think like he's, he's
0: casting wa- a like vote, he's waving at somebody, or he's.
1: he's voting. Well, us. he was. You know, he stood up to when they called us because at one point he missed his name. He was like the <laughs> camera's on him, and they're like
0: Santos. He's like Santos. That's not actually, my name. That's not my name. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. He's <laughs> like, oh shoot, that's oh yeah, thing that's, after that's after
1: the after.
2: name oh, the I'm going
0: symptoms. by. I forgot. I was checking into yeah. a hotel, and so I, yeah.
1: But yeah, absolute craziness.
0: Hmm. Well, that wasn't the only uh, big news story of the day. Something that matters a lot uh, to a lot of us around here is that uh, that Joe Biden um, uh, went down to the border, finally. Um, which, look, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big Biden supporter. I'm glad they're doing some work on immigration. I'm in this little panel, this little uh, online, you know, keep up on what the Biden administration is doing about immigration. They want to do a lot of good things about it. This, in my view, was a bad week. The decisions that the Biden administration made, the way they capitulated to the narrative of Republicans about Mm -hmm. the border, the way they've tried to say that somehow fentanyl in the United States, the problem with fentanyl in the United States is that it's coming in, that the delivery system is where the problem is, not on the demand side. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, you know what we're going to do about fentanyl? We're going to launch a major initiative to help people in the United States not be addicted to drugs like fentanyl. Instead, they've they've decided, oh, what they want to do is try to link that to refugees and other migrants walking up to a border. To be preachy for a minute here, we were at the border. The three of us, over long periods of time, rode our bicycles across the country along the border, every single mile as close as we could get to it.
2: We were right there where Biden was, that little section in El Paso, Right. photo we had on the screen.
0: Our friends work there. We'll be in touch with them very soon. We're going to be going back down there uh, very soon. We invite people to come with us. What you know about drug trafficking is they're not putting it in the backpacks of people walking across the desert. Even fentanyl, which is small, right, let alone the larger size drugs. So rather than saying, you know where the Biden administration is saying, look, we think fentanyl is a problem. Let's work on the demand side in the U.S. And if we're going to work on the delivery side, it's coming by truck, by boat, by yeah. train and by airplane. It's not coming by foot. Mm-hmm. Of course not. And that they miss that messaging and they want to be hardline on this and say that if you're from any country other than Venezuela, Nicaragua and Cuba, three socialist run nations, then you're not going to be, we're going to keep title 42 in place and, and keep using the title 42 limitations to keep people out of the country. It, they're, um, this is the number one talking point for Republicans is the yep. border and they're continuing to misnarrate this story. The Biden yeah. administration. The Obama administration did it. They were wrong on immigration. They were wrong on deportations. The Biden administration is wrong on this one. They have to get better on it. They have to pivot. Because to give up this one, it 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 they're gonna gain no voters and they're just gonna lose a bunch of people who would say. Well, Mm -hmm. if you care about humanitarian efforts at all, then there's no difference between Democrats and Republicans. And I know that people think that's harsh and they think, no, there's a huge difference. And there could be, they're poising up for huge differences, right? But right now they're playing straight down the uh, the taunting of the Republicans and they're going to get exactly what the Republicans want them to have, which is there's no amount of money you could spend that would make Republicans happy for border security. Mm-hmm. No amount. Mexico was going to pay for it. They didn't. They pumped millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. They pumped enough money in that you could buy potato chips for a year in the United States. That's how much money they put in. Seven billion dollars. Rob, did you know that we, sp- we spend seven billion dollars in the United States simply on potato chips? <laughs> this commitment of Republicans to spend money on the border is... Insatiable. There's no amount you can spend because it's not a money-spending problem. It's a policy problem. Create a visa system by which people can come in the country, they can leave the country and come back in the country, they can work and they can leave, and it's it's less restrictive than it is now. And remove the quota system that says that no more than 15% of any visas a year can be offered to people from any one country. That makes no sense. And that's what's created the problem. It is the rules of immigration that are the problem. It's not the border wall. It's not the agents. It's not the river. It's not fentanyl. It's the rules. And there is still, there's a task force. I got an email about this morning. A task force together to look at this. That's a big thing. It's a very governmental thing. And Biden, finally, you know. Like a church
2: putting together a committee. Like, yeah, we're going to... Totally.
0: Let's let's study this. You know, yeah. I'm not the class clown, but I'll study the class clown and learn how to be the class clown. This is the... Biden should have been down to that border week one. I mean, I know that's a talking point for Republicans, but they got a point here. Kamala Harris, who is put in charge of the triangle, you know, the, the triangle countries to solve it. Th- they should have a permanent representative from the administration... Working along the border. Yeah. They don't. These are so solvable. It is just set aside all the humanitarian, unbelievable crisis around the globe for refugees and migrants and that we're in a 10-year pattern of of massive migration that the world has never seen for sure. The United States on the southern border could solve this if we chose to. Mm -hmm. And Republicans don't want to solve it. I don't know why. I think electorally they would in twenty years do much better if they if they would. But they don't seem to believe that. So they're they're not going yeah. to. Yeah. That was the other big yeah. story in my mind of the of, of yeah. the week was that Biden finally went down the board. Like this business about him over with Mitch McConnell over in Kentucky and, and and uh Ohio, uh, you know, cheering on that they're gonna build a bridge. Holy moly! I mean, I know people are like, "What a beautiful split screen." The house can't get itself together, and look at this bipartisan effort on, build, on building a single bridge. Yeah, we live in a nation. By I live in a city where one of our bridges just collapsed a few mm. years ago. Remember, and cars drove right into the river. People yeah. died. Yeah, we got bridge problems all over. Like cheering on Mitch McConnell
2: getting did, a bridge. Uh, did I'm Mitch glad McConnell they got a bridge. Vote yes on the. Spending package that gave the, the money to build you know. that
0: bridge. Good point. No, I think he said no. Let's not have the bridge, and then went to celebrate that the yeah. that there was going to
2: be a bridge. Wants credit yeah. for the bridge. Well, he was for the bridge before he was against yep. the
0: bridge. Now, in in much less um,
1: substantive um, <laughs> problems for Joe Biden. Um, news broke yesterday that um, fewer than a dozen, but but some number of classified documents were found in an office used by Joe Biden oh, um, after he was vice president, uh, classified documents that apparently came with him from uh, his time as being vice president. And uh, as they were closing this office at, uh, I believe it was the University of Pennsylvania, um, they, uh, they discovered that these documents were there. Uh, notified the National Archives, his lawyers did, and 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 returned them. This has produced an investigation into you know what took place and why those classified documents were not where they needed to be. Now this is this is a nothing burger story, except that oh. <laughs> Donald Trump it's took go to hundreds of classified documents. Yeah, and which led to the raid of Mar-a-Lago to retrieve them. So um, this is this is not good news because no. what this does is this um, real like substantively this bump in the road here for Joe Biden. This like oh shoot you shouldn't have done that like but you found out that you did like you realized that you did it. And you made it right on your own. You confessed before you, you know, before you got caught. All like mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. All of that. What it does is it undermines any credibility that exists in in um, in prosecuting and, and tracking down Donald Trump's theft of classified mm-hmm. documents. What it does is it gives Republicans and the MAGA crowd and the and the Trump supporters yeah. the opportunity to say, see, everybody does it. It's no big deal. Totally. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and look, if if it's true that this is a thing that happens to presidents and vice presidents, that somehow documents end up in their offices and they get put into boxes and they get taken to libraries or working offices like it did for Biden or private residences, then say that happens, right? Like, tell all of us, oh, that's a thing that actually happens. So what made Donald Trump's situation different? If this is a thing that happens, Mm -hmm. why was Donald Trump's box situation not like the others? Yeah. That would be a way to frame it. But I think you're exactly right. This is just the kind of stuff that makes a lot of us feel like, look, it would just be great to have a fresh start Let's, let's get some, let's get some new blood in all this stuff, you know, let's get, and I'm not talking about, you know, the people that want to say like, let's have a non-politician. I think we could see when you get non-politicians like Donald Trump trying to be politicians, it's, it's really hard, especially if someone's, you know, a slow learner and bad at, at life, they're, they're not good at becoming a politician. So, you know, when you, when you can't, literally can't make money off of a casino, if you're such a bad business person that you fail and go bankrupt running a casino where the house always wins. You are really, really bad at your job. Um, Let's start fresh with some people. I mean, I know that the house is going to be investigating Biden and Hunter Biden and all the rest of it. And it just feels like, could we all just have some new executive branch leadership options? Yeah. Because if you start going back, I mean, for some people, Bush was fresh, right, a young kind of governor. Some people, Clinton was sort of fresh and young, a young governor from Arkansas. Obama kind of felt that way. So I know we've had we've had this, you know, we've had. But boy, it sure has felt a lot like John Kerry and and Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, who's just gross, and and now, then Biden and oh my goodness, the last yeah. fifteen years has really felt like. We can't seem to, you know, you had this one little step out with with Obama in there, but it just feels to me like, and I'm not, I'm, I hope Biden decides that his, his best way to spend the next two years is not running as president. The best way to spend the next two years is to be a great president. That's what I hope he decides to do. And, um, you can do some things when you're not running for reelection that you can't do when you're running for, uh, running for election and, uh, that's what I hope. That's what I hope he does. Dan, Dan has just had enough, and he said, "I'm." You know, yeah. I said, "I'm. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going away." It's, it's
1: one like, of those days where I, just I don't need you people. The uh, you the technology is just
0: oh. so. I, I, it's I 2023 I, you know, world. I know Come there's on. a big announcement coming at some point from Biden, and look, uh, I'll likely be supporting him. You know, in the in the next mm-hmm. election, I'm, I can't imagine I wouldn't. I mean. Um, You know, with different levels of of excitement and fervor, depending on what he he does on issues like immigration and on the death penalty. Rob, this week, I'm going to be today driving down to uh, Oklahoma, going to be in Oklahoma City, to ask the governor there to not go through with a scheduled homicide. Um, You know, we will go to the governor's mansion there in in Oklahoma and tell the governor, in case the governor is unaware, that someone is planning to kill someone and the governor should stop it because the state of Oklahoma is going to put a person to death and then sign a death certificate with the cause of death being homicide, because that's what it's called when a person intentionally inflicts death upon another person. They should stop the homicide that's going on. And the Biden administration should stop at the federal level and should not just say no, should not just say, Iran, the reason you're wrong about executing those two people is because they were good guys maybe we should say the reason you were wrong, executing people is because governments shouldn't be killing people. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty basic When, when, when the constitution says to the gov says that the government exists for establishing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a little hard to figure out in there how the government's job then is to kill someone. Yeah. Just, just, just ponder to that for a minute. Yeah governments exist for life, liberty, and the pursuit of fulfillment, happiness, enjoyment. And you can argue about what that means if it means property rights or something else. But life is in there. <laughs> and uh, the government shouldn't be killing people. Yeah, I mean, You can argue on abortion about where life begins. You're pretty sure you're talking about a life when you're going to execute someone. Mm-hmm. You execute a woman or a man. No one's arguing if the person's alive, if the person's a human being, if the person has personhood. Those debates off the table, and yet people want to kill them. Well, so anyway, safe travel. We'll be talking about that yeah. when we're down there. So if you're following yeah. the live stream, you get some get some videos of that. That'd be good. Anything else on the political front, Rob Reisser? no, just um, you know everybody. I,
1: I this Kitty Porter thing announcing for the United States Senate it, it is exciting. Yeah, when Was are we moving to California? I didn't. I didn't realize this,
0: Doug. Um, Diane Feinstein has not yet announced what her plans are. Um, oh, she she has not announced that she's not running? Yeah. Katie Porter said.
1: Well, yeah, she I'm just, uh, I'm not going to wait in line. I'm going. And, uh, and as a person who thinks that uh, political seats don't belong to the politician occupying them, they belong to the people and they ought to have as many choices as they possibly can to decide who they want to represent them. I love the fact that Katie Porter is not waiting in line for Diane Feinstein to announce at 89 years old that she is not running for uh, another six-year term in the United States Senate, but she's going to jump in and do it. And uh, so, yeah, everybody uh, find Katie Porter's Act Blue and uh, send some ducats our way, send those Can't $5 wait. donations our
0: way. Chip in. Can you chip in five? Chip in five, because Katie Porter does not take any PAC money, any corporate PAC okay. money.
1: Okay,
0: Any corporate PAC money? Just corporate PAC money? Does she take other PAC money? I don't know. I don't know. I know that she doesn't take any corporate PAC money. Corporate PAC money, yeah. Yep. Individual donations and we'll ask her if she takes takes other ones. Well, look, Katie Porter should be a senator. Absolutely. And I hope she is. Yep. All right, Rob. Is that good? Have a good one. Okay, y'all. We'll talk to you tomorrow.